My name is Abhay Dandekar, and I share conversations with talented and interesting individuals linked to the global Indian and South Asian community. It's informal and informative, adding insights to our evolving cultural expressions, where each person can proudly say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Hello, everyone. And on this episode of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, we welcome a conversation from the Pan American Highway with Smriti and Kartik from the Brown Van Life. Wanderlust, always finding a home wherever I go and wandering cheerfully to find my next home and hopefully savoring the moments of exploring and adventuring along the way. And speaking of adventures, thank you so much for listening to this and for sharing it with your friends and family, for rating, downloading, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, and for following Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing on social media at Dr. Abhaydarndekar. Now, there's a liberating and often exhilarating feeling when you're on a road trip. The allure of the open highway, surveying the scenery and sights, making new memories, and simply just being away with whatever that might mean to you. For Smriti Bhadauria and Kartik Vasan, this yearning for the road and that wanderlust existence has materialized into the journey of a lifetime. They were both Indian immigrants living and working remotely in Toronto, Canada. So with the backdrop of Kartik growing up and traveling in a diplomat family, Smriti reading about a German couple who spent decades driving across the world and both being inspired by the caravan trip in the movie Swades, they started working on their dream of exploring the world in a unique way. So naturally, they bought a vintage brown 77 Dodge B200 camper van, restored it themselves, got married along the way, and just before the pandemic hit, packed up their apartment and hit the road with their dog to travel the Pan American Highway from Canada to Chile to live what they now know as the brown van life. It's been an adventure like no other, and with a steep learning curve that they've thoughtfully planned for and embraced, still working full-time remotely, now with their two dogs, Everest and Bali, and living in each moment by simply being themselves. Now, I was grateful to catch up with them for a conversation, and at this point in the trip, they had already made their way down through Mexico and Central America, and actually come back from a recent visit to see their families in India. The sensibility of rolling with it and taking things as they come was palpable throughout our time together. And as we chatted about life as a couple on the road, the communities they've encountered, and building trust, the surprises and twists of the journey were front and center, as I first asked them where they were and what they were doing at that very moment. At this very moment, we're outside a mechanic shop in a town called Pasto. It's uh, near the border of Ecuador about two hours away. So the plan for us today was to get to the border, but our van suspension has decided to break down. So we're trying to get this entire situation figured out. That's where we are right now. We're about to exit Colombia. Well, I imagine that there are episodes and encounters like this that probably happen, you know, all the time. So I'm imagining that the whole role with it idea is something that you have to sort of practice on an ongoing basis. Has that been something that has taken practice to kind of uh, help perfect? I think that's literally the only way one can survive a journey like this. If you don't have the mindset of, you know, it's no big deal, we can figure it out, let's go forward. There's no way you can be on the road for two and a half years full time in a camper van because uh, things go wrong. 
all, all the, the time. time all the time yeah, you know yeah. and if you're someone who can who will just sit down and sulk or kind of give up easily then a journey like this is just not possible i think we were maybe not as roll with it people uh, people earlier but literally picking up this vintage van we knew it's a 45 year old camper van we knew once we go in with this you know we better be prepared for everything so i think we had that mindset just going in so from the very beginning we didn't let anything kind of become a big deal yeah it, it, and even if it is a big deal it doesn't last too long that yeah. that big deal we just passed that feeling very fast yeah well in in that way you know it's the kind of thing also that as you said like you've had to learn this a little bit you know as yeah. you've gone forward and that things are relatively transient the the irony of course is is that the social media life that people may see is perhaps perceived to be more of a highlight reel than than anything else so is that something that you've had to sort of debunk and demythify uh for people yeah yeah view i think they show you only like the 20% the good percent is like 20% right. and the 80% is just figuring it out the logistics and the issues and just moving on so the highlights yeah. are i think make up for 20 to 30% of the journey and then rest is just like you're dealing with things uh mm. and i think that's very important for us especially when we started experiencing these issues and we looked back at the, all the social media we were like this is so wrong there's so much more that happens just behind these pretty pictures that's that was one of our very conscious decision with our social media strategy that we will not shy away from multiple breakdown stories or multiple issues we're having even yeah. if people get annoyed we you know we always share like even right now i'll be posting about this so we never hide away from sharing all the suffering <laughs> yeah we have to show the good and the bad i mean we're definitely spending many nights at random parking lots which are not pretty locations and you you have to show that that's part yeah. of the journey you don't get those pretty locations all the time when you're traveling and yeah you first look at the safety and if it's safe and if that's the place to spend the night you're doing that you know it's funny i i just saw your i think you guys posted a video about the hot springs and the sort of yeah. nights before that and some of the parking lots uh, and where you guys were staying and and yeah you could sort of tell that it's you know definitely the reward was there with the hot springs but um the pathway to get there wasn't exactly puppies and rainbows the whole way there no it's always like that i think you have to like do at least like five nights of those crappy spots before you get to like a you get awarded by place. you get awarded by one magical place after yeah. five crappy nights yeah and i feel like it gives a lot of people a reality check i feel a lot a lot more people did this because so many youngsters want to do van life and or live a nomadic life but then the moment they start they're like they they just get shocked by what is the reality of it so i think it's so important to share these real moments so people can decide before jumping head first you know absolutely you know you know i'm just curious in thinking about that now you guys are seasoned just like we are on the podcast of going through this for almost 2 plus years do you remember your first day on the road especially now thinking backwards and and reflecting on that do you remember what you were feeling that first day maybe even that first night yeah i i remember we were feeling scared that very i'll be scared, very very yeah. honest even the canada well, our first night was in canada in toronto outside toronto we just went to outskirts and for practice we parked in a walmart 
Mm-hmm. And everything was safe. You're in a Walmart parking lot. There's no issues. We're like in suburb Walmarts. But the idea of sleeping in, in a tin can, you're clearly, you're so exposed to the weather and to any sort of crime. If ha- Even though there's no crime, but your brain is telling you that, okay, yeah. somebody can knock, somebody yeah. can rob. So the whole night I kept opening the window, checking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was so... It was so crazy how those instincts just kick in, even though we were like, oh, this is so cool. Nothing will happen, but something happened at night in my brain. And I was like, okay, let me keep checking. Yeah, you didn't sleep much that no, night for sure. No, the first night I didn't sleep. So it was a lot of fear. And two years later, now we're, we're, we're like parking on random streets in we don't even think any twice. Latin American country. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that everything looks like the gut feeling feels good yeah. in that area you're in. Yeah. And then we just close the door and we don't go to bother bed. Like, just knock out. like it's, it is a huge difference definitely yeah. from like the first day to where we are now is are there any carryovers from that first night from those first few nights those first few days that you're like no we've, we've been doing this ever since that hasn't changed that hasn't been sort of like really affected or even a learned part of the experience that you guys were all you felt you were already there you were prepared and the first few nights are really no different than the last few nights you've had I, I think we did prepare for it a lot, even like before moving into the camper van, we just took the camper van and was not ready and just parked it in a, like a big park in Toronto, yeah, in the parking yeah. lot and took naps just to get ourselves comfortable because we knew it would feel weird not living in a house. Yeah. So we did a lot of practice and before that we did a lot of car camping and long road trips with our dog. So we did do a lot of homework. The biggest shift for me was understanding the fact that we we chose this journey we wanted to do this and nobody forced it on us and we can always go back and we could always back out if we wanted to if, if something didn't feel right in what we're doing we could back yeah. out and go back to normal life to yeah. go back to the life we were living and and that would have, that would be totally fine so i think that was the biggest shift for us at least from like the first day to where we're now we still say that that If, not, if it doesn't feel good, then we can leave. But until it feels good and what, we, what we're doing, we're enjoying it, we just continue going forward. You know, um, it's, it's interesting. Has, has this now become more, uh, quote unquote, normalized, right? I mean, like the, the idea of going back to normal life or being in normal life, um, has, this, has this finally become a new normal for you guys? I, I think so, 100%. Yeah, I mean, no, we were yeah. away for like two months in India visiting our parents it was great but at some points I was feeling very confined inside four walls and mm. I, I, I was I really wanted to get out again and be out in the open um what about you I I have even back to Toronto for a few weeks and I had like absolute meltdown because I just wow. didn't like the idea of opening a door and just seeing all these concrete buildings and um I was like okay I cannot because usually even though if you're not camped in a beautiful place we are always open you know if you if i open the door there's always a park or there's openness so i think we are so used to just seeing open sky all the time and uh that just being in these this condo for a few weeks it it like was not good for our mental health and we just yeah. were very uncomfortable so this is for now is what the life that our our soul our mind needs uh, maybe we'll get fed up at some point and crave that home life which is totally yeah. normal and possible yeah. 
but for now our, our body and brain everything just tells us this is home this is our life that makes us happy but having said that i mean even in normal life <laughs> i don't know how <laughs> else to say it people take breaks and go on vacations and for us the break is to go back home to visit our parents or go back to toronto yeah. where our friends yeah. and family are so that yeah. that's kind of a break from our normal life which is the van life yeah, yeah. um and we need yeah. that like we definitely need that every i would say every now and then or else you burn out or you just burn out this doesn't feel right also right no 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 absolutely i i was thinking about one thought and that is as you have taken this journey into a a large adventure on a trek in this van you know the van i'm thinking about it's it's nimble it's sturdy it's resourceful it's vintage it you have to get creative with it you you know it's compact yet it's full of so much potential H- has this become kind of a proxy description for both of you as well what do you think is it i i would say kind of yes minus the vintage part definitely um you know in, in some ways sort of like inhabiting this idea that the van's persona and your persona have sort of melded and you know become one with each other yeah a van has a very strong persona it's it's called the brown van it is vintage it is slow and i think a lot of our journey is shaped around this van because it cannot go fast it's designed to not go fast like it's yeah. it on uphills we cannot go beyond 40 on a normal day we cannot drive more than 4 hours because you know the engine is in in the front and the middle of us and everything just kind of shakes and it's a vintage van so you cannot <laughs> if you sit in it for more than 4 hours you are like exhausted <laughs> so yeah. it kind of slows us down and we have we have become that people that we cannot we don't like rushing things anymore because of how the van has molded us i would say we sure. cannot go fast anymore um so i think so yeah that's that's a very interesting way to look at it we've definitely not looked at it that way but i i yeah now that you say it, that i i definitely think what the van personifies it's definitely us in human form yeah, <laughs> definitely yeah yeah <laughs> well and and i mean i think that as that persona evolves right i mean just like anything else it develops uh, its own unique traits you discover new surprises along the way but i'm imagining that it's been a pleasant set of surprises to to find that this evolution has taken place you're listening to trust me i know what i'm doing after a quick break we'll come back to our conversation with smruti and kartik of the brown van life stay tuned conversation it's the antidote to apathy and the catalyst for relationships I'm Abhay Dandekar and I share conversations with global Indians and South Asians so everyone can say trust me I know what I'm doing. New episodes weekly wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi my name is Richa Morjani and you're listening to Trust Me I Know What I'm Doing with Abhay Dandekar. Welcome back. I'm Abhay Dandekar and let's rejoin our conversation on the road with Smriti and Kartik from the Brown Van Life. you've likely also met some just amazing people and cultures and communities along the way has it been challenging to cultivate relationships in a different way when things are nomadic or transient 
compared to perhaps your relationships that, like you said, you have to go back and tether and toggle with from Toronto or India or wherever else? Uh, I think the difference is you can still have those connections and have friendships, but the friendships and the relationships you make on the road are, you bond really fast. You don't waste time getting to know and judging people and you know being careful and all that stuff. You warm up to them with your 100%, give them your best, and then make the bond. And then you know because they're going to go. So you don't waste time you know, getting to know them too much. You're like, okay, you're here. I'm here. Let's have the best time, you know. And we're on the same path. A lot, a lot of the time we meet the same Pan-American travelers. So we already know the struggles. So we already know we have shared some similar journey. And uh, so these bonds are very strong. You might spend yeah. only three days, but you keep in touch for three years. Compared to our friends we've known for many, many months, they do come and visit us, but we don't, we can't, it's hard to keep in touch with them unless we're we are not physically there. So we can feel like it changes, something shifts in those relationships when you're not, not sure. physically there. The relationships that you nurture in a community, in a stationary environment, it, they kind of just start fading away when you're not physically there compared to the relationships you made on the road. They don't fade away. They are constantly around you even if you're not physically present i don't know if i'm making any sense no no no. you totally are it's sort of like the the mobile community those relationships are deep and they're very quick but they they have a sort of different amount of tethering that you can cultivate and, and keep going with i mean I, I resonated with what you just said regarding that the bond is definitely it definitely feels stronger even though the duration that we've had to create that bond is much much shorter um we've definitely met some amazing amazing people who've gone out of their ways to help us out and sometimes it feels like that doesn't really happen that, that like those kind of experiences we haven't really had in our previous life yeah. back home in toronto maybe the giving and the openness yeah, yeah the giving and the openness is it definitely feels on a, another level in these countries at least yeah same with people i think people are just more open to help you open to kindness open to kindness and more giving i think we have become open to receiving also mm-hmm. you know yes. because yeah. when we were in canada i would think twice before asking for help or something goes wrong just telling anyone that hey something is wrong but here i can literally go up to a stranger and be like oh something broke down in my van can you help me and usually the yeah. case the response is so beautiful and people open their houses to us, you know, strangers be like, hey, come park in my house, use my house and use the living space, use the bathroom. And we have stayed in stranger pe- strangers' houses for so, so many times that, these, re- as I said, these relationships are very strong. We do, you don't waste time uh-huh, building yeah. them up. And, and I imagine that, you know, this is something that is sort of baked in culturally as for both of you. And I'll, I want to come back to that in a second. The, the question that I, I thought of just now was for both of you, and I, I remember talking to somebody about this whole concept of being an ambivert, that like you toggle back from being introverts or extroverts. And, you know, has this journey actually changed that at all for both of you? Have, have either of you become either more introverted or extroverted in dealing with the communities and cultures and peoples and, you know, those relationships as you've gone along this journey? I think I recently, re- I don't know what Kartik, I'll pass him the mic. But for me, I recently realized I, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert. 
uh, and I love making friends and meeting people. But this time when I went back home and I just went back to Toronto, I was finding it so, so draining just talking to people I've known my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I just yeah. couldn't keep up with conversations and just and everybody wanted to meet up with us and every dinner would just exhaust us. And then we would come back to our place, be like, oh my God, we spoke to human beings for two hours. Okay, let's not talk. Let's just like, let's just reset. So yeah. I think we were finding it very overwhelming. Yeah, and for, for me, I've always naturally been an introvert. And um, this has and made you extreme introvert. This has, I mean, this journey has not made me like even, an even more introvert, I would say, because uh, I'm always curious about the places that we're going to and the people that we're meeting. And um, not knowing fluent Spanish definitely helps me with my with me being an introvert so so my speaking is already reduced even less with the lack of the with the lack of the knowledge on the language front I mean I I guess I'm lucky to have a partner like Sim who's an extreme extrovert who who makes up for my lack of speaking there you go and Smriti do you speak fluent Spanish as well uh I can speak like we can get by uh, anything in a situation, going to restaurants and asking people like a basic conversation. Yes. Yeah. I mean, at least that's the kind of initial intro that you probably, that probably makes things a little bit easier. And, and I'm curious for both of you. I mean, there's long days and long nights and you have two jobs and you have two dogs. And do you find that the nomadic or traveling life allows for some alone time that you have to build into this? Um, alone time is actually really hard because you just don't have literally like physical space. If I'm yeah. sitting here, Karthik has to sit two feet away from me. Um, so we, we, we are very, we are very good, um, good at communicating. I think, uh, we're a good team. So we don't get annoyed of just each other's company. We are actually very, uh, dependent on like, okay, you, this is your responsibility in our life. This is mine. So we take care of our, all these, Van Life is full of chores, to be very honest. So we both share these chores and we make a good team. But the moment either him or I feel alone, we need alone time. We, we are very vocal. I'll be like, hey, time out. I'm going to go work in this coffee shop. You can sit yeah. in the van or you can go to this coffee shop. I, I need my time alone. And it, we don't take offense about it. I think if, if he did that um, when we were living in an apartment, I'd be like, what? You need time alone? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, but right now we understand it so well that um sorry about that that we no, we actually it. appreciate it yeah so the communication yeah. has improved a lot and um he'll just pick up his camera go go hike with everest i'll go read in the van and we just yeah. we just take those time very consciously uh otherwise you know you can kill the other person in my life because <laughs> you're in such close vicinity and literally in each other's face and i'm curious uh what Karthik's perspective might be on that as well uh Karthik is coming back i'm sorry he just stepped oh, no, out okay. again yeah, yeah, the yeah. mechanic keeps calling him out he i as much as i know he he and i are definitely dependent on each other he doesn't need his so much of his me time he just needs his quiet time and it's helpful to express what those needs are but you know even in in comparing sort of what the traveling life or the nomadic life is like or van life is like compared to non-van life, perhaps, it's easier to have those retreating spaces or those buffers between people. And in this scenario, it sounds like that's something that you have to manufacture or create or come to an understanding with. 
without holding it against each other. Right. Yeah. Sure that that's not going to be something that's a wedge. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know how updated you are with the community. Van life is notorious for couples to fall apart. There's so many uh, mm. couples you've met who could not just their relationship kind of just fell apart because I don't know they just couldn't define the space that they needed or right. they couldn't the frustration just came out in the wrong way. I don't know. It's hard for me to point it, but there have been a lot of friends on the road we've met who separated after their journey. So it is a, you have to be like hundred percent sure of your partner to do this. Yeah, no. And, and I mean, is that something that is for lack of a better way of saying it? I mean, is that something you're both cognizant of in the sense that like, yes, this is something that we've jumped into. It's important for us to not only just embark on this, but to sustain it, to, develop as the journey develops so will our relationship and it's a growth opportunity as opposed to a test yes 100 percent. because uh, we experience a lot of highs extreme highs and extreme low and that that can impact a relationship for sure so we are like constantly working on that you know what do we need from each other and the kind of space we need uh, it's definitely more work i would say when you're doing a nomadic life he's back you're back yeah sorry i had to go pay for something at the mechanics that's all good that we this just like just like you guys uh we roll with things so gotta think i i was just we were talking a little bit about um finding alone time yeah alone time i mean being an introvert i definitely like being in my own thoughts and spending time by myself even though we shared this really small, tiny space, I think we've worked out some sort of method. I don't know. It just it just works out where we can kind of tune each other out, even though we are in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 like we're physically there, but mentally I can tune myself out and have my alone time. And a lot of it, I mean, physically, it also looks like in the mornings, I usually always am the one to get up much earlier than sim and i take the dogs out for the walk that's kind of my alone time where i gather my thoughts and what i want to do for the day what i kind of want to achieve for the week that's kind of the time that i make sure i carve out even if we have late nights even if we're driving all day long i make sure i'm the one in the morning i get that time off for myself we've definitely picked up activities that we don't enjoy doing together that kind of forces you to have alone time. So for me, it's like Smriti loves going on bike rides. I'm not into that. I'm into surfing. So being in the water for me is kind of like therapeutic and that's kind of alone time for me. So you don't, for you, alone time doesn't mean physical. You just need to be quiet. Exactly. Yeah. I just need to, I just need to be in my own thoughts. I just need to kind of be in my own little zone and, we, we've figured out how to do that in this van somehow, even though we're literally in each other's space, probably like 20 out of 24 hours a day. Yeah. A day. I wonder if van life itself, the journey has been an accelerator to constantly sort of being cognizant of that and, and making sure that you're, you're protecting and preserving and the journey itself is part of the protecting and preserving. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I mean, I, we've seen a lot of, relationships fall apart but we have definitely i i feel like our relationship has definitely gotten stronger since we've taken on this journey because um 
they've, support each other yeah, so we, much. yeah no matter what happens in the day we're, we're there for each other we're going through multiple happy and sad scenarios together in a day and we're making multiple multiple decisions from like the simplest thing of like where you're going to sleep to where you're going to fill up water how are we going to get electricity how are we going to get wi-fi or data for this call that we're doing with you these simple decisions have solidified our relationship um that's that's fantastic i i want to put a slightly different hat on um for all of us i guess but in thinking about this from the kind of indian or south asian lens what have been maybe some of the surprises of being an indian couple on this pan american journey that that are very uniquely you know specific to being an indian couple we might be the only indians doing it mm. you know mm. right yeah. now as we speak yeah. uh, so we don't we haven't come across uh, not even a single have we come across we we've come across we've definitely come across indian travelers yeah who are who are visiting a country say, visiting yeah a country or like we've met couple who are backpacking but so like nobody on like a long journey like that so yeah. um we do we are kind of outnumbered when we go to campsites and stuff and there are scenarios where people are extremely welcoming and there are some scenarios where people are very cold because they they cannot just get alienated because they've not seen a lot of people of course because this pan american highway is very a lot of like europeans people with money rich people this is their dream goal to do this yeah. journey you know they yeah. ship their campervan from europe to canada or alaska and do the pan american highway so they have these really fancy rigs and just not seen a lot of uh, people of color on this journey so when we show up they they do get slightly weirded out i guess but mm-hmm. what we have come to realize that you know we cannot t- take an offense about it or we cannot just like shy away from a scenario like this um we have become very obnoxiously like loud proud. people in the sense proud people loud yeah, and proud people proud, proud and so proud. when we show up in a campsite like this where we feel like oh we're not welcome we 100% make it a point that we kind of like shove ourselves into them you know like in in that scenario you know we'll invite them to a meal for indian dinner we'll participate in if because i had a Diwali celebration in Mexico where I invited like 20 plus campers to a Diwali celebration made a dinner for them so we we don't shy away who are yeah. on who we are and that is something that we didn't know was possible we were very like we would not do that if we were not in a scenario like this but now we are like okay this is who we are we go ahead and tell our story we mm-hmm. introduce ourselves and don't kind of break that barrier whatever uneasiness that they are feeling we kind of just go in and break that we're like hey we're normal people we are travelers like you we have travel stories don't like yeah. you know no need to get alienated um yeah. so that has been a surprise behavior that can we kind of just like yeah and we've, picked we've, up. we've we've almost stopped saying that actually we have stopped saying that we're from canada yeah <laughs> we 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 always say we're we're from india yeah like we're travelers from india like yeah. we don't even mention yeah. canada anymore and then they look at our license plate and they're like but this is ontario yeah we're like yeah right. the van is from canada but we're from india yeah yeah we we yeah. make sure that they they understand that hey we are here and kartik kartik why why is that important 
I, I'm just curious. I mean, like from from the identity part, you know, why why is that distinction important that you're from India and not necessarily from Canada? And I don't know if there's a right answer to that, but I'm just curious from your vantage point, why why do you think that transition naturally happened? I don't know. I mean, I guess like we're trying to change the perception that that brown folks cannot do this mm. i mean i think the moment we say canada they think oh there's privilege and there's yeah it's other, easier, to it's do. easier to do you know yeah you guys are familiar with this etc yeah exactly so i think what people don't understand we still have our indian passports we're still applying for visas and if we can do this anybody from india can do this too um so that's why it's very important for us to say that we are indians we are from india we are immigrants to canada and yeah. uh you know, it's just kind of, I, I don't want anyone to take this journey for granted, you know, yeah. all everything that we are going through just because our car is from Ontario, you know, I don't want, right. I, I don't want to discount our journey. I think that's why. You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. After a quick break, we'll come back to our conversation with Smriti and Kartik of The Brown Van Life. Stay tuned. Every story told is a lesson learned, and every lesson learned is a story waiting to be told. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and I share conversations with global Indians and South Asians so everyone can say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. New episodes weekly, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, this is Cal Penn. I'm an actor, author, former public servant, and you're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Welcome back. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and let's rejoin our conversation on the road with Smriti and Kartik from the Brown Van Life. Let me let me ask you something. Have you started to hear from other Indians, other people of color, other people with brown vans regarding and you know this idea of representation, representation, representing van life from a, a different perspective? Have you started to hear from others where they've said yes because of you guys? We've We've embarked on a, a similar journey, perhaps not the same one, but but similar adventures that we feel a little bit more agency or we feel like we have more confidence now to do it. So many. So many, yeah. Um, we, get, we get these heartwarming messages very often that because of your journey, we've gotten the courage to pick up a van or say even just go on like a multi-day camping trip something that they've never done before and they've had the they finally see the courage to do that now so many of those and i think that's that's something that we're we're really happy and proud to represent on this journey is being 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 that familiar face for 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 these people that that need somebody to look up to to do that i mean how many times have we heard our parents at least my parents say that look no look 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 at their son they're doing this you know and and we want to be those kids where the other kids can show their parents and be like Karthik and Smriti are doing this so can we um and yeah they're able to achieve whatever they want so can we yeah do you think the the barriers to this explicitly reside in kind of the baked in parental culture. And again, you know, van life perhaps may not be for everyone, but the idea that 
their you know security and taking risks or you know living in a way that is really is deeply fulfilling to this calling and yearning that you've had is that the biggest barrier are are there others that people perhaps may may not necessarily be aware of because the obvious one is is that well my parents will be disappointed society is disappointed etc i think that it's more engraved in the head the security factor even for us when we were going on this journey you know it there was a little hesitance where like what's wrong with us why are we giving away everything we worked for a life everything and just doing this like even though this was our biggest dream even then we were kind of just like has we had these thoughts sometimes we're like is there something wrong with us why are we not why are we risking it all uh so it's just it's in our in our upbringing our parents teach us the value of you know importance of not risking it this the value of how big the deal a home is you know not having a home itself is looked down upon in in such a drastic way you're homeless you're not doing good for yourself you know there's something wrong with you you know so just the association for home and how we are linked up to success you know mm-hmm. it's so predefined for us that breaking away from that just feels scary in in our own head so when we were doing it we were little uh, apprehensive about this and I'm so glad in the in the beginning we didn't have any reference point but now that we've been on this journey we can very confidently tell others that okay this is totally doable you can do it just you know you kind of have to let go of that the security in your head that you've built up on life yeah and what i love about that is is that you know well yes there is something very indian um or at least stereotypically indian about that but the idea of having diwali and palak paneer and chai and all the things that are also stereotypically indian are married to this uh, adventure that you're on and i i just i think that's just so awesome as well right that like you they don't have to be separated out you're not doing something that is taking you away from your identity if anything you're adding to your identity yes and that really helps you you know in a journey like this because for us when we didn't have any reference point we didn't have others doing it had we just followed blindly others who were just sorry to say but just eating smoothie bowls on van life yeah. I, i don't think i would have sustained this more than 3 months you know i need my dal chawal i need my um khichdis and chais and and you know and there like, like food is comfort food is an emotion for us indians and we yeah. knew going in that the two things we were not going to compromise is a good bed and a great food uh, like a good kitchen setup so we stocked up we stocked up on all our spices ingredients and every day we are having delicious indian food so uh, that has been a very grounding and a huge factor in sustaining this journey let me ask you both a a, a more practical question that i i imagine would come from you know a slightly different generation but do you ever think about you know long term things like retirement how do you factor that in especially when like i said sustaining this how amazingly you've both been able to do that but does that do questions like that you know ever enter the conversation we don't even think about that <laughs> not so far <laughs> to be very honest not so far not so far I think our life on a daily basis has become so fulfilling that that yeah. desire to save that safety and goals for retirement has kind of just 
like evaporated you know we mm-hmm. of course everyone wants like a safe base and um you know your medical expenses covered but we don't like we don't have such um goals of like like designing our life around that end timeline like we are yeah. so present and living in the moment that we are really happy with this sometimes people ask us what are you going to do once you reach patagonia ushuaia your last destination in south america we really don't know like we cannot see beyond that far because our life is so present perhaps okay. you know once we get there right. yeah and that's okay yeah i think as as cliche as it sounds there's no guarantee that you'll make it to that retirement you know yeah. so i think uh we're just trying our best to live it right now <laughs> Yeah, but I mean we're we're we also have that desi mentality yeah. of being a little cautious definitely we're sure. we're definitely not like completely We're not those one of those uh, we could run 9 to 5 and living yeah. our dream no we're still right. working 9 to 5 <laughs> yeah. still making yeah. money still have saving yeah. accounts you know We're not we've not completely lost track of that thought yeah. it's it's in the back of our head that's that's what I can say like we want to we want to continue helping our parents Invest they're they're retired where we want to continue investing they're, like all yeah. of those things are still there it's still happening but it's it's not as focused as it would have been the retirement is huge yes. probably yeah you sure the time is different and i wonder if the anchors that people traditionally look at right your savings your investment your long term retirement but another anchor is also living in the present and being engaged with your surroundings and enjoying the idea that each day each week each month is a value and it it contributes a lot more to our long-term goals than than we perhaps think that they do definitely i i totally think that yeah i'm curious for both of you right in with so many different tentacles of this of this thought but what have the last 2 years perhaps taught you both about trust hmm i think like trust is how this is like the fuel of this journey you know of course we we would we were not as trust like we would not trust people as easily earlier but now we give people more chances and i think our trust factor has just like increased increased so much yeah, drastically always, yeah and um, i always say that more, i feel like there's more good people in this world than there are bad and those few bad experiences that we hear about they're they're just very few and that's just unfortunate experiences but majority of the times people are good and we just want to like we've been we've been through 8 months in mexico and 6 months coming into colombia and apparently these countries are unsafe to travel and all of that but we have really really trusted our surroundings um people who we met with a very open judgment free heart i think and that pays back very nicely so i think yeah you have to trust your journey you have to trust the people around you regardless of what you've heard unless it's not your lived experience you have to trust people and as a as a kind of second thought to that as well has that amount of trust in your surroundings and the people that you meet in the communities that you're traveling in has that built even more a solid of a foundation in your own instinct to trust yourselves yes what do you think yeah do, doing a journey like this 
um, it definitely has built more confidence and trust within ourselves that we would be able to tackle on greater challenges and um, surpass anything in a day-to-day, any day-to-day challenges that that, kind of, that, that, that we're faced with, definitely. And speaking of day-to-day challenges, this is when it started raining pretty hard outside, and they were also trying to communicate with their mechanic who was knocking on the van door. Such is life for Smriti and Kartik on the road, and fortunately, a couple of moments later, we were able to reconnect. We're okay. It just started pouring, and I think the internet just dropped because of the rain. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, after experiencing all the like all the scenarios we've been through, all the people we have met, I think I our brain, our gut, kind of just knows what to do at this point. And we are more open to situations. We are more open to accepting kindness, uh, new encounters, new random places and situations. We don't like hesitate. The hesitation has gone out of the window. Our first reaction is every time there's a situation, our first reaction is always a yes to it. If we feel right, we'll just not think too much. We're like, okay, this feels right. Let's do it. So I think that has uh, been very beautiful and it has always kind of, Touchwood always rewarded us with good memories and good moments. So something has definitely changed in our gut and our brain. Yeah, saying yeah. saying yes to more things has definitely rewarded us with many beautiful experiences than if we had maybe previously thought it. Thought uh, maybe previously had not gained that trust within ourselves that everything's going to be okay. We probably would not have experienced. Um, yeah. But I think it definitely takes time over time for this trust factor within yourself to build up and this courage to build up. It's something that didn't happen overnight for us also. It took a lot of time. And here we are. I think we're still learning. We're still learning to trust our instincts and our gut even more as we move forward in this journey. I think more than trust, a lot of judgment has just, you know, erased from our system. Yeah. I know, I know you guys are in the middle of a lot of things. So more than anything else, I think those who are following you and celebrating and uh, understanding your journey and sort of living vicariously through you, I hope we're all building more trust in ourselves as you guys go on this journey. Thank you both so much for, for joining. What a treat. And I hope we'll visit with you guys again down the road. Perfect. You're more than welcome to join us all over Latin America or even in future when we come back. Uh, it was definitely a very heartwarming and thought-provoking conversation. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. I, I'm really happy that we got to speak and I can't wait to chat with you even more down yes. the line. Yes. Smriti and Karthik, thank you so much. And please check out their ongoing adventures at the Brown Van Life YouTube channel and at thebrownvanlife.com. And if you're enjoying Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, please share a review or a rating and even roll it like a Rolo and pass it along to a friend. Till next time, I'm Abhay Darndekar.